Meow, 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 meow. My mate reckons. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dave. <laughs> Hello, Claire. And welcome to My, My mate, mate Reckons, the show where we teach you and each other about whatever we want to know about. About whatever things we are curious about. There's some swearing in this episode, and it's a very joyful episode, but just so you know, there is mention of domestic violence. And suicide. And drug use. And uh, cancer. Yeah, correct. And um, li- how to cook leeks properly. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> hey there, Clever. Hello, David. Boy, oh boy, did you hit me with, uh, I'm just like, Ew. I know. Well, I thought we turned 50, we took a week off, and now we're ready. And to deliver the information goods. You hand me three or four topics at a time. Yes. And this week you posited me with several gems. Yes. Ones that will make excellent episodes in the future. Yes. But buried amongst them as the last option was to talk about Nigella motherfucking Lawson. <laughs> and I was like, bitch, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters <laughs> That is life, what we're talking about. That is where I'm going, which but, I knew you would like. Because Nigella Lawson means the world to me. She is, she is the best person she is, you, alive. You adore her. There is a trilogy of women who I worship as goddesses, like as a deity, as, as deities. deities yeah. Nigella Lawson, Beyonce, and Mary Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really that's that an excellent. Are my creative trilogy force. You need to write something, like um, what's the Scrooge's Scrooge. Christmas, that one. A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. But you need to do we that. We will also do like... an episode about Charles Dickens because you couldn't think of the title, A Christmas Carol. But you need to do like your version of that, where Nigella. Mary... Oh, you get visited by yeah. the three, the three the fantastic three, like, female friend... artists yes. of a food writer, a love. poet, and an R and B artist. Yes. Fucking hell! Amazing. <laughs> so tell list... me, tell well, me about it. What is your passing knowledge? I've been to a live event. With Nigella, with you. Yes. So you have a passing knowledge. I have a passing knowledge. You've met and her. I, and that all came from you. Indeed. Because of your deep love of fair. Yes. And your deep, um, yeah, love, deep, deep love of her. I then became invested in watching her show and, um, and the way that she describes food. Yeah. Is so interesting and erotic. <laughs> That um, I fell in love also. Yeah. Uh, and she's so smart to. and articulate and political. Because isn't she there is. that fact where she was um, one of the first women to eat on screen? Indeed. So her kind of... Everybody, I think, has a passing knowledge of Nigella. Yeah. Like, she's a pop cultural person. And hopefully, if you've never seen her, if you Google her, you will go, oh, that... Lady. Yes. She's a British chef. She's a British chef. Well, she's a British cook. She never yes. trained as a chef. And she has television programs and um, books. And Quite a posh accent. Quite a posh accent because she grew up like very upper middle class. Like yeah. very upper middle class. Um, and But she does talk about in her multiple series, it they used to end with her 
like there'd be her cooking show and then the credit sequence and then at the end of the credits she would appear coming downstairs from her bedroom yeah. in her dressing gown to open up the fridge and she would eat the leftovers of whatever she's yes she'd cooked. and it was a deliberate inclusion in the series to go and she's felt differently about you can google and YouTube, if you want to sully her name, which is fine, <laughs> you can YouTube all these supercuts of her making sexual innuendo, like about food that just like by the that end of it, you're like, Nigella is fucking filthy. <laughs> but um, she kind of figured out slowly that that was all part of her shtick. That yes. camp was part of her shtick to introduce playfulness to food. Yes, and she has since, as she's matured, because she was born in. 1960, so she's now 61. Yeah. As she's matured, she's talked more openly about how eating and women on screen visibly enjoying food and talking about how luxurious food is, is a feminist Yeah. Yes. Yes. And she talks about how home cooking is a feminist In terms of the pleasure of food. In terms of the pleasure of food and claiming pleasure. food... And kitchens and spaces are about service, where she's claiming it as joy and, and pleasure-centred. Correct. Cook for yourself, cook, because you cook what you make. Correct. Cook what Correct. you want and eat what you want and don't worry about, you know, Correct. body. Because yep. particularly her first two books, How to Eat and How to Be a Domestic Goddess. Yes, correct. <laughs> is all about... Which you are, David, when I think I of you. I am a domestic I goddess. I think domestic goddess. Um, she really talks about how... You know, particularly in the late '90s, there were there was which was pre kind of celebrity chef as we know them now. Yeah. She was one of the first ones. She was really on about how. Because did she come out around the time of like Naked Chef, like Jamie? Well, it was interesting because they were just at the same time. Right. So they together birthed celebrity chefdom. Right. In a lot of ways, which is weird to think about because they're two very different personalities. Yeah. Anyway, she's great. Why End do you love her? Uh, she was she came in at a very particular point in my life, like very specific. Right. My parents don't listen to this show, so I can say I had a terribly difficult relationship with both of my parents. Yes. And particularly my mother, who cooked all the food in the house. Yes. But food was very um, uh, fraught. Because I grew up surrounded by autistic people. <laughs> so food was so like... So food was fraught. Food was fraught and highly regulated. Yes. And there's very little pleasure in food. And food was very predictable. Because it was about yeah, function and yeah. what people would eat. Yes. Throughout my adolescence and into my early adulthood, I like crashed into major hardcore depression and yeah. lost my appetite completely. It was very difficult to get me to eat. And I was extremely underweight. Yeah. In my early 20s... I was suicidal, and I made an attempt, sorry, trigger warning, but that's what happened, and I moved back home to my parents, which was not the mentally (laughs) obvious choice, but it was the only choice I had at the time. Um, But in it, I then started to, as a 22-year-old man, went, I'm going to learn how to cook. Where did that come from? I don't. I think because I watched. I had watched Jamie somehow on cable yeah. and thought that's great. But then I found Nigella, and Nigella was really approachable. Yes. And really accessible, and she cooked all so these. So somehow things. that seed was planted where I want to learn how to cook. And the act of 
cooking for myself and discovering sen- like sensual pleasure mm. again and getting out of my head into something extremely kinesthetic. Yes. Where you can make things for yourself. And to enliven your senses. Correct. With and tastes that you haven't correct. tasted before or smelled. And you in the most basic sense, there is things to look forward to in the day. Because yeah. if you put something in the oven and go in an hour... There's going to be something yes. delicious to eat. It's worth sticking around for. Or or a new experience. Yes. Because so much of the food I was tasting, because I had tasted so little of the culinary palate yeah, in my childhood. lots of white, bland food. Lots of white, under-seasoned food. <laughs> um, and I mean white in the both ethnic and literal <laughs> colour sense. <laughs> In every sense. In every sense, it was white. Uh, And she was phenomenal because she is so accessible and so friendly and funny. And And smart. And you love a smart lady. Incredibly smart. And she's a astonishing writer because her degree was from Oxford in literature. Yes, yes. So she's this incredible, like, wordsmith. So people snigger. And I think it's so interesting how we... This is my rant, is that the most common thing that people kind of assume when I talk about Nigella or the thing that first comes up when I talk about her yes. is her sex appeal or is yes, her sexuality. That she's a babe. Which I find so interesting that, again, if she's a feminist that's embraced food, yes. then automatically we go and equate her with sexuality. like And, and in order to somehow, I don't know, belittle her uh. intelligence and her brain and what she can give. Or people in we the world. just assume a woman talking about food yeah. yeah, has some other superior motives. Yes. So there's that. Anyway, she's led, she's led this incredibly interesting life. She grew up with um, in a home with, I think, two siblings, but her father was a very senior political minister to Margaret Thatcher. Oh. Yeah, he was Nigel Lawson, who was a figure, an important figure in 80s. And he and she has since said that they never talked politics at home and that she adored her father and yeah. her father adored her, but they certainly had different politics. Um, and I'm just trying to find... Because she talks explicitly about... And she had a terribly difficult relationship with her mother, apparently, um, where her mother... Uh, I'm just trying to find the quote. Her mother talked about, like, threatened her with physical violence and told her not to express her feelings and so on. Here we go. She'd shout at all of us and say, I'm going to hit you till you cry. And so I never would cry. I still don't. It wasn't a calculated thing. It was hot-blooded hitting, thrashing out of things. She just didn't like me. Maybe because I came after Dominic, her elder brother, the princeling, and I was my father's girl. She was jealous. I don't know. So that's like... Pretty insane. So Dominic has since gone on to be a headmaster at like a posh London right. boys school or co-ed school, I think, or yeah. something. Um, but she had a younger sister as well, who um, they were very close. And all in the nineties, she married. She had a couple of kids. She married a gentleman by the name of John Diamond. They had um, Bruno and Cosmo, all happy families. And she was a popular restaurant reviewer, right, and a book reviewer. And had a column in the Sunday Times. Wow. Um, so all perfectly fine. Um, so writing about food was a thing she did. Writing about food was a thing she did, but very much from the point of view of a critic. Yeah. And it was her... I think you'd be very good at that job. You reckon? Yeah. 
I'd love it. You if there's any it. restaurants listening, I will come and fucking review your food. Because you, you love food and you love words. I correct. Both of those things are true. Yeah. Um, all happy. So, but in the night, and she was very close to her younger sister, uh, and her younger sister, uh, in her thirties, as a young mother herself, passed away from breast cancer. Oh fuck. Um, and then she was. I, I'm unsure of how it came about, but. There was this process where John, eventually her husband said to her, you've got all these fucking opinions about food. Why don't you just write a cookbook? And she had never thought of herself as a yeah. food writer. But her husband said to go and do it. I love it. I love that how sometimes someone else's perception yeah. of you yeah. can be a seed. Absolutely. I think you would be great at that. Or yeah. why don't you... Go and be a restaurant <laughs> food critic, David. Okay. Okay, Claire, I will. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just yeah, have totally. Someone it changes your mind. Lens, looking at you, you go like, oh, yeah. well, that's the thing. Like, it took people at uni saying to me, oh, you're a writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you got that write. too. Yeah. And Before then it's I not until it. someone else says that to you that you then go, oh, okay. Oh, I guess I'll do that then. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I guess I am. Yeah. Or I could be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she ended up finishing, because of tight deadlines and other things that were going on, she ended up finishing her first book, How to Eat, in six weeks. Inappropriate. Because she was pregnant. <laughs> That's right. She was pregnant. And she, and then she gave birth and, and, and she had one of her children and had an infant and wrote How to Eat, which I'm holding up How to Eat now, and it's absolutely mammoth. It's one yeah. of her longest books, and it's dense. Um, and she wrote it in six weeks so it's a very relaxed and very like correct but you can see here a writer coming to terms with their voice yes and she has since reflected and said part of what has defined her voice is that a lot of the time she's just talking to her sister yeah wow about how to cook food um that's what they say talk to someone talk to someone you know like write a book for someone how to eat is from the 90s and there are parts of it that are like, there's a whole section on low fat that we probably right. wouldn't care about now. Yeah. But it is still like 20 plus years old, still one of the most useful cookbooks you can read. And if you're a complete beginner, yeah. I do like the first chapter on basics is astonishing. Okay. Is great. And just let me, I don't know, say stop. Stop. This is a spring scented lunch for eight. <laughs> <laughs> Tarragon French roast chicken. With leeks, rice, peas, and manger... I don't know that thing. I think it's beans. It's the English word for beans. And lemon pie. With tarragon chicken, I like rice or mashed potato to mop up the chickeny juices. Ugh. And I'd adapt Jane Grigson's recipe for German leeks and wine. You cut the clean leeks into logs about 9 centimetres long, depending on overall size of link. Stew these logs slowly in butter in a covered pan for about five minutes, Stop turning them occasionally. Flirting. They should all be buttery. <laughs> then pour in about 200 millimetres of dry white wine. Buttery is so good. Buttery. And keep cooking over a low heat lid on. After about 10 minutes, when the leeks are ready, tender but not squidgy. Yeah. Squidgy's also, also a good word. Squidgy's also a good word. See how clear it is? Yeah. Remove them to a dish, and if there's too much liquid left, boil down the juices. Whisk in a knob of butter and pour over the leeks. Use white, not black pepper, or it'll just look as if you haven't cleaned them properly. And that's the recipe. <laughs> Isn't that great? That's great. You know instantly what... I want, don't want them to be squidgy. Uh, it's very clear. And it's all from a paragraph. And you don't... It's relaxed enough that you don't feel like you have to... I don't, and I don't feel stressed by that. It. Yes. It's like, oh, yeah. 
I could do that. I could do that. Yeah. That's what she's fucking like, right? And that's just on page 300 and something. I've pulled up of how to um, eat. some quotes of hers. Oh, great. I've got some of those too. How does she describe food? Yes, please. Okay. Um, this is Nigella on her recipe for triple chocolate chip cookies. Oh, yes. Now, you might think that, <laughs> that this is it. And it really is, except for two whole packets of chocolate chips. <laughs> and I don't put a price on alleviating suffering. <laughs> The thing about rose water is, one drop is a hint of exotic promise. Too much, and it's a it's your great aunt's bubble bath. <laughs> Which is so correct. Good. She's Trust so good. me, I'm not a doctor. Nigella on the benefits of wearing rubber gloves to DC chilies. <laughs> it's not that I think you need a recipe for mashed potato. It's just that I couldn't contemplate writing about com- comfort food. Without it. You're correct. So She's very good. good. You can also get How to Eat as an audiobook read by her. Oh, good. That's Which hot. I highly recommend <laughs> as like as a, a way to calm David Burton down. Literature. <laughs> erotic literature for some. <laughs> for me, the equivalent of Two Valium. It's like <laughs> divine. Divine. Oh, this is good. Tension translates to your guests. They'll have a much better time eating chili and baked potatoes than they would if you did roast duck with a wild cherry sauce and then had to lie down and cry for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Nigella on the perfect dinner party. I think that's great. That's correct. Tension translates to your guests. It does, and it translates to your food. Yes. Um, so anyway. Oh, here, oh, this is oh, good Oh, here too. we go. This is a good you one. found the good shit. What I'm after is fast but satisfying. Maximum pleasure with minimum fuss. That's what I want from my life, David. That's what you want from a man. Fast, satisfying, <laughs> maximum... Yeah, that is what I want from a partner, actually. Fast, satisfying, maximum pleasure, minimum fuss. That is what I'm looking for from a relationship. That's what I want from my relationship, from my children, from my pets, from my work colleagues. For example, a stir-fry can take hardly any time to cook, but the endless preparation, peeling and chopping... Seems to take forever. Correct. Oh. All in the space of about four or five years, several things happen. How to Eat comes out. Yes. She's raising infant children. Yes. Um, she follows up. How to Eat and is amazing success. How to Be a Domestic Goddess goes off. She starts to get into television and becomes yes. a television personality. All within the same space of three to four years. And very relatively quickly... Her husband, so her husband John, gets a brain cancer diagnosis and dies. Fuck. She famously now, and she says regrettably now, took a two-week break off filming her television series when John died yeah. and then returned to work in the full English spirit of keep calm and, keep calm and carry, carry on. on. Incorrect. <laughs> Incorrect. But she did. Moderately soon after... Well, yeah, you, like, you're raising babies. You, what, you, your fame might end. Moderately quickly after um, marrying, after John's passing, she married her second husband, Charles Saatchi, who was a friend of the family, apparently, and who right. she knew. And Charles was a very wealthy man and an entrepreneur in his own right and a financier and la di Yeah. Um... They, so they're married, the kids grow up, Nigella has her career over 15, 20 years, and then 
in 2013. There was a scandal. Wasn't there was a there? scandal. This picture comes out. Yeah. This paparazzi picture, and Nigella is kind of famously private and doesn't interact with the press, but her popularity is immense and she's so well loved. Yeah. Etc. Um, uh, there's these pictures emerge of her husband and her dining at a London restaurant outdoors. Yeah. And she, he grabs her by the throat. Oh. And um, she tries to get him off her. And, and there's then photos of this. There's photos of this. You can still find them. And he and she um, leaves in tears. Fuck. I know. Shortly after Charles... Um, shortly after, I think it was Nigella who filed initially for divorce. Yeah. And got it um, sorted. And they were divorced, citing in- irreconcilable differences. And did she come out and say what what it was or what it no, what happened? Until, or? as a separate incident, there was a court case. Right. And it was a criminal court case against two personal assistants, two Nigella and Saatchi, who had control from, like, 2008 yeah. to whenever, um, that over credit cards... And spent this enormous amount of money in fraud on the credit cards. These assistants. Yes. And the Crown prosecuted them for fraud. Yeah. But their defence, their central defence was, that was hush money. We were allowed to spend whatever we went wanted because we knew Nigella was taking drugs. Right. And we knew shit was happening. And um, so it, was, it was hush money. It was implicit. what you want. They yes. don't talk about my marriage and don't talk about my drug habit. Correct. So the Ooh. trial becomes this by proxy, this like trial against Nigella's reputation. Fuck. And so she, who for all intents and purposes looks like she's escaped a domestic, domestic violence situation is put on trial for drug use, basically, in the press. And the press are allowed Well, in. that's all I knew and it's this about whole this scandal, scandal was, like, does Nigella snort cocaine? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, this, all these little, like, nefarious details were brought up by the prosecutor, were brought up by um, the, the defendants. Yeah. Saying, um, oh, there was, there was, the cocaine was kept, which is such a posh... <laughs> English thing that there was a book like on the shelves in amongst Nigel's like m- massive range of books that had like cocaine like the pages cut out so that a secret compartment oh, with coke hot. in it. That's great. Um, and that there was that she had the coke joints. Book. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were trying to paint her as this like constant drug use. So she was put on. She took the stand, and she, in her. Amazing. And the Prime Minister, David Cameron, came out and he was interviewed at the time and he said, well, I'm on Team Nigella's side. I've been her fan for ages. And the wow. judge the judge in the trial had to go, please disregard that. Right, right. They were found... Um, <laughs> to the jury. I oh, know. The, the, please disregard the fact that the Prime Minister is Team Nigella. <laughs> the, the two personal assistants were actually found not guilty. Okay. But... Um, they came out later and said, listen, there were no winners in the case. It was all fucking traumatic and awful. For everyone. For everyone. And the only winner out of it was Nigella because the public just supported her. And she um, was... There's a quote. There's quotes here from Time. Time magazine. Um, 
Lawson's 11 most scathing courtroom quotes. Mm. Um, I have to say with some shame, she, sa- she says, that I smoked the odd joint, starting, I would say, in the last year of my marriage to Mr. Sachi. It made an intolerable situation tolerable, and it was a false friend, and it was not a good idea. Oh, Nigella. And she talks about smoking it in front of her children, yes, particularly when her first husband was dying, because he would take it because it would make him feel better yeah. from radiation. So yeah. it was make she the quote is it was making an intolerable situation vaguely tolerable. Yeah. Not a good idea, but it's what happened. Um, yeah, here is the truth. She says, I can say that since freeing myself from a brilliant but brutal man, I am now totally cocaine, cannabis, and any drug free. I don't have a drug problem. I have a life problem. She said her ex-husband was subjecting her to intimate terrorism. I don't have a drug problem. I have a life problem. And her life problem, she says, was her relationship with her ex-husband, which she didn't call it domestic violence. She called it terrorism. She came up with intimate terrorism. That's incredible. Isn't it? As a description. Yes. Um, uh, Lawson pointed out to and got a laugh in court from the jury and the judge because she said, well, regular cocaine users are a lot thinner than I am. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Um, But also point me in the direction of someone who is that wealthy under that amount of pressure. Yeah. And that isn't amount partaking that, of drugs. Who isn't who isn't using some kind of substance? She had made no public comment about what happened with Mrs. Starchy and where those photos came from, but the defence tried to mount that. Oh, it was there was this bullshit journalism story that she had cocaine in her nose out, outdoors, and this, he was trying to like wake her up to her drug habit. And she said in court, in court, what actually happened was that somebody walked by with a very cute baby in a stroller and I said, I am so looking forward to having grandchildren. And he grabbed me by the throat and said, I am the only person you should be concerned with. Ugh. I know, right? So, she, um... Gross. She, uh, so they were found not guilty. She came out of that publicity unscathed. Yeah. She has taught, she's very introverted apparently and she's very anxious, which some journalists who have managed to get up close for like profiles have noted. Um, and after that, she took a break from writing and a, and a certain break from the public eye. But she emerged a little while later um, and has sit, since written, I think, three more books and, and describes herself as there was a time in my life, she said, in that phase where I couldn't imagine myself um, ever. I, I couldn't imagine my, myself as I am now, which is yeah, fully mended. Fully mended. So there you go. And she's got adult children and she's been in London during lockdown. And um, and that's Nigella Lawson. Has she got a new partner? Or... If she does, there's no public acknowledgement of it. Yeah. So we don't know. Good. I'm glad that she's keeping her life private. Yeah. Or that she's been able to keep her life private. Yeah. Because British paparazzi impress her. So intense. Indeed. So I fucking love Nigel Lawson, and you should too. And if you're someone who's intimidated by cooking, or even if you're not, you should just go and watch her television. I will also say, yes. N- before I knew of Lawson's drug use, one of the best Christmases I've ever had... Was when I snorted a lot of cocaine. <laughs> was when my dear friend and I, on Christmas Eve, were stoned on pop. <laughs> And watched Nigella Lawson cooking shows for about six hours. 
That was the best Christmas I've ever had. It was delightful. What did you eat, though? That's the thing. I think we just had, like, shit from the servo down the road that was open. But we thought it was amazing. Cheezels. Yeah, yeah, While watching Nigella cook her triple chocolate cookies. That's the best. It was blissed out. It was great. What'd you learn, Cleber? Oh, I am... I was already team Nigella because of your deep devotion to her. But I didn't know any of that um, other stuff about her. Mm. Ugh. Well, do you know anything that happened to old mate, the ex-husband? Is he just fucked off now? And- He's just fucked off. He tried to disparage her reputation more. She said, he oh, he's she's off to do reality TV shows because she's since gone to be judges on... Sure, MasterChef and things Master like Chef that. and things like that and kind of disparage her for her failing career and all that's... Ugh. The only comment he she has ever made about her, she has ever made about him ever, is in court when she had to. Otherwise, she hasn't commented. Made on a him public ever. comment. No. Oh, that takes. It takes guts. It takes. It takes a certain amount of resolve. Yes. Yeah. To go. This is private. This mm. is the boundary I'm drawing on my public, li- on my private life. Yeah. I would like to have dinner with her. Me fucking too. If you're listening, Nigella. <laughs> Let's go. Can we have dinner? Can we have dinner? Yeah. That's what I've learned. Great. And I've also learned that you need to start becoming a food critic. Great. I'm on board with that. Me too. Thanks for being my mate, Claire. Thanks for being my mate, Dave. Bye. listening to the show if you'd like to leave a rating and review on whatever service you're listening to this please on, do that would be great that'd be great tell, tell your you friends me. tell your mates that's right that's the name of the show <laughs> i see what you did there where can people find you claire people can find me on instagram at claire and pearl where can people find you dave people can find me at dave burton writer and if you have a suggestion or a question or would like to point out how much Claire got wrong. <laughs> or how much Dave got wrong. Then you can write us an email at mymatereckons at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you.